The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. Hey there, and welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm still your host, Kelton Reed. And this week, prolific, best-selling author of The Paranormal and Dark Fantasy, Steph Green dropped by the show to talk with me about overcoming rejection, perseverance, her inspiring journey from copywriter to bestseller, and her advice to fellow scribes who may be facing adversity. Steph is a New Zealander who's a fervent self-publishing advocate, public speaker, and a legally blind writer who's turned her disability into a superpower to self-publish 24 books and counting. She's topped the USA Today bestsellers list, writing paranormal romance under the pen name Stephanie Holmes, and is also the author of six dark fantasy books under the name S.C. Green. Steph received both the 2017 Attitude Award for Artistic Achievement and was a finalist for the 2018 Women of Influence Award. She recently launched a successful crowdfunding campaign to raise interest and awareness for an anti-bullying storybook for kids that caught the eye of traditional publishers. That book, written and illustrated by two artists who were victims of bullying themselves, only freaks turn things into bones, uses darkly gothic humor to address the very real issue of being different. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of the file, Steph and I discussed why you should never give up on your dreams no matter the obstacles, how a dare from a friend led to a big breakthrough, her rocking life as a full-time writer, how to juggle multiple pen names and genres, her obsessions with heavy metal, ancient languages, and checklists, and how to write yourself out of a corner. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs, head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. We are rolling once again on The Writer Files. I have a very special guest today joining me from New Zealand. Are you in Auckland, New Zealand stuff? That's correct. I'm actually a little bit outside of Auckland. I'm kind of out in the country, but just sort of about an hour from the city. Well, I have Steph Green 
on the show today. She writes under a couple of different author names. You want to tell us a little bit about your fantastic story, your journey as a writer and how you how you got to be this uh, best-selling author and, and speaker and all around uh, quote-unquote heavy metal maiden. <laughs> okay, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a novel, uh, so I hope you're ready. Uh, but I grew up in a small town in the central Hawke's Bay of New Zealand. Um, and basically, when I was growing up, book characters were my only friends. I'm actually legally blind, um, and I'm also kind of a genuinely weird kid. Um, I sucked at sports, and I had an unhealthy obsession with ancient Egypt. Incidentally, I then grew up into a weird adult who still sucks at sports, and I still have an unhealthy obsession with ancient Egypt. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so really not much has changed. Um, reading was always my escape. Uh, from a really young age, I wrote a lot of stories about worlds I invented and the people that inhabited them. I wrote all the way through high school, all the way through university. I finished about four full-length novels that were all completely terrible. But I actually never intended to be a writer. Uh, I was always going to be an archaeologist. Yeah. So I went to university. I got a postgraduate degree uh, in about four dead languages. So that was super useful. Uh, yeah. I volunteered at every archaeological excavation at every museum that would have me. I came out on the other side of my degree with pretty decent marks, top marks, a big list of scholarships and awards for my academic work. But then I couldn't get a job. A lot of people were telling me that I was a health and safety risk because of my eyesight. A museum curator once said that uh, I couldn't be trusted around the artifacts. My. So after that, after that particularly harsh rejection, uh, it was actually my husband who suggested that maybe I have a look at a different career path. He sort of said, well, if you look at it this way, Steph, you've kind of done archaeology and you've been to all these excavations, you've worked in all these museums, I'd actually been overseas in Greece and Crete um, doing some work. And so, you know, maybe you could think, if I've done that, what would be the next thing I would like to do? That should be a thing that no one could tell me that I couldn't do it. Yeah. And when I thought about that, the obvious answer was all this writing that I did. So I did what any self-respecting millionaire would do. I googled how to make a living as a writer. <laughs> and uh, I proceeded to try every single thing that was on the list. So I started pitching articles to magazines. I started a blog, which is a blog about heavy metal. Uh, I wrote product descriptions for corsets and glittery wall paint and the most important thing was I never gave up. Right. And so I had a science fiction series that I'd written um, and it was picked up and then dropped by a major publisher. And that was around that sort of 2013, 2014, where self-publishing was starting to get really big. Mm -hmm. uh, so I published the first of my science fiction books in 2014 and around 122 copies. So it wasn't exactly topping the bestseller charts, but I was so fascinated with the whole process of editing the book and formatting it and getting the cover made. And it was just so much fun. I was completely hooked. So at the time I was working for as a copywriter in the tech industry um, and I was writing the second book. Um, but I was I really wanted to not be a copywriter in the tech industry. I wanted to be an author. And so I was starting to think, well, how can I turn this 122 books into an actual living and then one day I was at this party and I was talking to a friend about the Fifty Shades of Grey book and I don't know I don't know if you've read it um, or what you think of it um, but I tried <laughs> I, I couldn't get past the first chapter because it, 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 the writing style was just not for me or 
you know, it, it was really terrible. So this friend of mine had really, really enjoyed it. And she must have been really sick of hearing me harp on about it because she said, well, it's not like you could do any better. And I, I sort of said to her, well, you know, you're probably right. But in my head, I thought, okay, well, challenge accepted. <laughs> so without telling anyone, in complete secret, I wrote this book called The Art of Cutting, which was a, a paranormal romance novella about a reclusive artist who shapeshifts into a fox. And he hides from the world because he's different. And then along comes this this art gallery assistant who basically blows his whole world open and makes him wish for another kind of life. And I wrote the first draft in this flurry of activity in about three weeks. I paid someone $50 to make a cover and I published it under a completely secret pen name. <laughs> and it sold a thousand copies in the first week. Amazing. And I, I wrote two more books to finish the story. Um, I re- released them the following month and I keep getting, I, cu- I kept expecting them to just stop selling or for Amazon to call me and say, look, we made a mistake. We've totally given you the sell <laughs> yeah, from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but they never called, and then I had to kind of sheepishly tell my husband that I'd made quite a lot of money, but it wasn't from my super serious science fiction books, but it was from these three 30K romance novellas about a shape-shifting fox artist. <laughs> so that was May 2015. Um, fast forward three years, uh, I finished 24 books. Um, I've hit some bestseller lists. I've won some awards. I've had some amazing experiences i've quit my job um and i've acquired an army of cats <laughs> that's hilarious. yeah and, that, and that's basically my story <laughs> yeah yeah it's quite a story earlier in the show i mentioned an invaluable resource for writers truth is the arrow mercy is the bow a diy manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing failing and trying again Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So now that you've become a best-selling author, 
in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, but you are incredibly prolific. I want to dig into your process to kind of learn, you know, to figure out what makes you tick and, and how you have published so many books in such a short amount of time. But yeah, let's uh, point listeners, uh, if they're not familiar, at your home base, which I believe is stephmetal.com. It's spelled S-T-E-F-F metal.com. And uh, I believe we can find uh, all of your work there. Yes, that's correct. So I write under two different pen names. Um, I write my paranormal romances with a touch of the gothic um, as Stephanie Holmes, and that's with two Fs. Uh, And I've also got some science fiction, sort of new weird fiction under SC Green. And then I've also got you know, a few other random projects uh, because I've recently finished this Kickstarter campaign to fund my gothic children's book, which is about a little grim reaper who gets bullied. And so all the books are on Amazon, um, except the picture book hasn't released yet. And some of my backlist, not all of it, is on other platforms like iBooks and Kobo. But the absolute best place to find everything Steph related is my website, stephmetal.com. I've got a blog there that I update every week. Uh, there's lots of articles for writers. There's lots of funny stories about my travels and about music and kind of the, the scene. And it's also where you can pre-order the children's picture book and join. Uh, I've got a newsletter there called The Creative Rebel, um, which is all about rocking life as a full-time writer um and so that goes out every week and it's always got a, a cool article in it so fantastic fantastic yeah so i mean your inspiring story is just a, a, an incredible journey but i think part of that culminates now i think with this the kickstarter campaign that you mentioned to crowd fund this anti-bullying storybook for kids right and uh where is that in in that process of uh getting published now that you've um, raised the the funds that you needed to get that out to the world. Yeah, so we funded back in I think it was June, uh, and that was super super exciting. And then what happened was because of the success of the Kickstarter, we ended up you know we were just going to self publish it, um, but we ended up with um, an offer from a publish uh, quite a small Australian publisher. So that's super super exciting. So right now, um, the illustrator uh, who's my good friend Bree Rolden, uh, she has done a major hustle to finish all of the illustrations um, and she just finished those last week. So I've been kind of kicking back for a while and basically doing nothing, which is nice for a change. Um, But now it's my job to pull together the whole book. Um, I'm working with the editor, I'm working with the publisher, trying to make sure that all the words are the perfect and that we're giving the right message and um, I've also got to pull together all the Kickstarter rewards so the t-shirts and the art prints and kind of coordinate that and we're sort of about two weeks away from starting the shipping process which is going to be super exciting from New Zealand Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) so it's it's a bit manic chaos but um, it's it's really exciting we're trying to get um, the books some of the books out for people who want them before Christmas and the clock's ticking and yeah, I'm a bit nervous, but we'll get there. I think, you know, just looking at some of the illustrations and, and uh, reading about this uh, darkly gothic humor that you're using to address, you know, a, a pretty prevalent issue probably in our culture and our society right now. Um, but it reminds me a little bit of Edward Gorey. Have you seen illustrations by, by Gorey? Oh, 
Definitely, definitely. It, it was actually when I was talking to Brie in the beginning about writing the book. Well, there was one of the things I said, you know, I want them to be a little bit gory-esque, you know, they're, they're a, little, a little bit creepy, but they're also really fun. Yeah. Um, people have also said that her style reminds people a lot of kind of Scandinavian artwork. So mm. that's, that's really cool as well. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, I'm sure that that will be a hit because it, it seems to kind of tick all the boxes. You know, a little bit outside the box, but um, things like that tend to, you know, ha- uh, resonate with people, especially right now. Yeah, the feedback we've had has been amazing. And, you know, a lot of, because I mean, you know, really adults are the people that buy it. So I haven't heard from many kids yet um but you know so many adults who who said to me you know gosh i really wish i'd had this book when i was little well i look forward to uh seeing that one and um you've just got your got your fingers in a lot of different pies uh, a lot of different genres and yeah let's uh turn to your productivity some and you know it seems interesting to me especially that you've got this background in marketing, and that's got to be especially helpful to your career as a, a, a self-published author and self-publishing advocate, somebody who speaks with authors quite often about important things like content marketing, or as you say, um, that funnel, right, that you're creating for your readers, getting them onto an email list and so on and so forth. But yeah, let's let's turn to your productivity and, and kind of find out how you do all these, di- how you wear all these different hats and uh, are alternately very prolific author. So uh, how much time are you spending actually sitting down, getting words? Are you switching between, you know, the marketing piece and then the ideation piece or, you know, how do you put it all together? Uh, So what I do is I work five days a week and I try to spend the morning, which is my most productive time, just very very actively writing on whatever projects I'm working on. And if I'm getting a bit bored of one project, I'll, you know, or it's, I'm slowing down a bit, I'll switch to something else. Yeah. Um, I also still do a, a bit of freelance work. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to get that done as well, which is, you know, in an ideal world, I'd be able to leave that. Um, but I'm not quite at that at that point yet. So yeah, in the morning I'm trying to get my words done and then in the afternoons I'll try and do all the sort of marketing things associated with, you know, running my life. So mm-hmm. I'll be, that's when I'll be uploading articles to the blog or sending out my newsletter or at the moment I'm organizing a big giveaway for the end of, um, I've just, I'm putting out the final book in a series. So I'm doing this big reader giveaway. Um, so I've been buying all the all the items for the giveaway and um, sort of making all the graphics. And that's been quite fun. It's basically online shopping justified for my business. <laughs> so yeah, and that's that's basically how I, how I run my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you go out in the world to speak with authors, you know, about self-publishing and, and marketing stuff, uh, obviously you're Steph Green, but then you you are wearing these other hats as S.C. Green and um, Stephanie Holmes. Uh, do you feel like there's a little bit of <laughs> schizophrenia when it comes to figuring out who you are on a daily basis? Or <laughs> no, actually. So what what I so originally when I started Stephanie Holmes in particular, I um was it was fully intended to just be a secret, a complete secret. Um, and then when I realized that I was doing quite well, I sort of realized that for myself, I couldn't be a secret because everything I said and the kind of the persona I created around it would always sort of feel a bit 
a bit fake, a bit like I was pretending to be someone else. So I decided I wouldn't <laughs> pretend to be anyone else. And so I have these different names, but I'm very open about it. These yeah. are, you know, the reason they're separated is for marketing purposes, is for branding purposes, but I am the same person. This is me. I'm just this weird, heavy metal, ancient history obsessed chick from New Zealand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you give yourself word counts or do you block like scheduled chunks where you're just writing fiction? How do you uh, how do you keep yourself on track? Uh, so I have a word count goal per day, which is about which is two thousand to three thousand words. So basically on my fiction and that's depending on my deadline and my day because sometimes I've got way too much freelance work to do and sometimes it's just a fiction day and I might you know extend that goal to four or five thousand words um so at the beginning of the day I have all my kind of my to-do list written out of all the things I wanted to do that day um and I separate the word count goal down into thousand word blocks um so on my to-do list goes you know, the title of the book and then a thousand words. And then I might write that three times if I've got 3000 words to do. Hmm. Um, so every time I do two, I, every time I do a thousand words, I can cross one item off my to-do list. I'm a little bit addicted to crossing things off the list or deleting <laughs> them. So okay. that, so that really helps. And it just means yeah. that I can, you know, I can cross something off in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour instead of in like three hours time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of how I work. I write pretty much every day. I used to write sort of all through the weekends and things like that when I had my day job. Um, hmm. But now that, I, now that I'm full-time, I take not all weekends, but definitely a lot of weekends off, um, mm-hmm. which has been absolutely amazing because, yeah, since 2015, I've been publishing a book every two months while still holding down a day job, while freelance writing, while building a house with my husband, and while trying to kind of be an actually decent, present wife and you know, <laughs> daughter and friend. And, yeah, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit of a struggle but now I've actually I'm actually able to breathe and it's amazing um so I try to when my husband comes home at sort of 4 35 I try to get off the computer and I we go and do work on our property you know I try and hang out with my friends I curl up on the couch and I don't have this nagging sensation that I have to be at my computer so that's been really cool and it also means I can work on the sort of projects like the Kickstarter and like my creative rebel newsletter, which don't necessarily pay the bills, but they just put good, good and important stuff out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um, run up against writer's block? Sort of. Um, sort of not really. Uh, so <laughs> I, I never, I never wake up in the morning and think, gosh, I really don't want to write today or I can't write that. That's never a thing that's happened to me, but, I do believe it is absolutely possible, and I have definitely done this, is to, to write myself into a corner. Hmm. Um, or I'm looking at a scene and I, and I think, I, I don't really know what to put here. You know, I know that the characters are at point A and they have to get to point B, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to get them there. Um, and for me, when this happens, and it happens a lot less these days because I just, I write so much that I'm getting a lot better at stopping it. Um, it usually means that the character isn't acting like themselves or that I've written a scene that doesn't have any conflict in it whatsoever. Um, and that kind of block to me just means that somehow I've broken the story. Hmm. Um, and so instead of staring at the, pa- the blank page going, oh, I don't know what to do, I just, I have to, I realize I have to go and find where I've broken it and then I have to fix it. And it's not actually that scene that's blocking me. It's actually a scene, you know, five scenes earlier or something hmm. like that. 
Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the writer files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Calton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.